What an exciting weekend worth of wrestling we just experienced. This is uh, Two Chains here of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. And uh, today we're just going to discuss, you know, so much of the wrestling uh, product that was put out this week from uh, the Vol 67 show, the NST TakeOver Brooklyn 2, SummerSlam, leading up into Raw and SmackDown of the, of the past day. Um, although I didn't get a chance to experience ROH's Death Before Dishonor, which was on the 19th. Um, there was definitely something worth mentioning from it. So in this next episode, get ready to get a, a whole bunch of wrestling talk. Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. We're back with another special edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now. It's been the, the best told story. Leading into this on WWE. This, this pay-per-view, it feels big, it feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Alright, so this two champs here again. Um, along with almost the whole team. Uh, Aaron's in the hiatus right now, getting his education on. So you got to applaud him on that. Um, but we got the other members of the team here, starting off with uh, the good man, the Dr. M. What's going on? Not too much, man. Looking forward to talking some wrestling with y'all. Yep, yep. If y'all don't know, this is actually, uh, we we uh, got together last night and just, uh, let's just say, sip some tea. So this is our second night in a row having a doctor with us, which is not even, he's a unicorn. Dr. U might be his new nickname. Dr. U. <laughs> um, Mr. Silly Sellers, what's up, brother? What's going on, man? Trying to get this new Madden 17 going on, get my butt whipped, but I'm learning how to, you know, tweak this game and get this game going. Hey, quick, quick, quick five-second uh, impression of it. Do we? Is it worth the buy or not? It's definitely worth the buy, but definitely a real simulation. You know how sometimes Madden can be an arcade-type game and real fast and, and speedy? But this game is a real sim, and it makes the game realistic. Like, for example, I just lost with the 49ers, of course, my favorite team, to the Cowboys, where Ezekiel Elliott was very shifty, and I could not get him with my defensive lineman. Very realistic. Oh, if y'all losing, then it sounds realistic to me. So that that's pretty accurate. <laughs> and uh, D. Wayne himself. What's up, brother? Um, I'm I'm great. You know, it's a good day outside. You know, ready to talk some wrestling. You know. Shout out to, uh, to Bret Hart for saying something, and I'm, uh, I guess we get more into that a little bit later. All right. Hey, what's up with our boy Landon back there? What's up, Landon? I don't know. That's Dwayne's son. He's he's a future podcaster, so we got to show him some love. Um, It's funny. I'm going to bring something up with that Bret Hart, too. But just to let our fans know, uh, we will officially now be recording every week on 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday. So definitely um, keep an eye out for our product um, so you'll have it fresh on Thursday morning or for special occasions where we'll be recording live where you can tune in and listen to us. Um, our our infrastructure has it set up so that you can view us on YouTube or if you want to actually join us in chat, which by keyboard chat, not video chat or audio chat, um, we will also provide the link via Google Hangouts as well for us to join us. 
And just want to let you know that this is the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast, which is the home of the Cena Monster Files, where each and every month, D-Wayne himself will allude to who his victim is for that month, if it's not a person or a place or a thing that John Cena has once again buried. So you stay tuned for that, as that segment will be coming very, very soon. But um, I'm going to start off today by saying... Man, I had a good week of wrestling. I was beat from the traveling, but it was all, all worth it. Shout out to uh, my boy Jamal at Giant Crab on Twitter, who was uh, my compadre as we uh, ran all over New York. Um, I have to say, I have no nice. navigational skills there. So if it wasn't for him, I would have been lost somewhere in the water. Um, I can't think of the name of the restaurant we ate at. But um, if y'all watched the show Making the Band, where Diddy made the whole band go get him the cheesecake, if y'all remember that episode, um, we went there and there. ate. What, what you say? You all ate there. Yeah, we did. Um, uh, I have to say, number one, shout out to our waitress, Nicole, who was uh, such a sweetheart. But um, it literally took me about an hour to get my cheeseburger. And I'm not going to forget that I paid... <laughs> I'm not going to forget that I paid $30 for a cheeseburger and a beer. I'm not going to forget that. That took forever for it to come. But nonetheless, it was good. It, she was nice, so I'm not going to I'm not gonna do her that way. Um, but overall, such, such a great, great experience. And I want to definitely start off by talking about um, Evolve 67. Now, sellers, <laughs> before I even get into it, I, go ahead and let me have it. Just Cody, how is he? I, <laughs> I knew it. You know, it's about time that we start marking out who our favorite wrestlers are. And uh Silly Seller's favorite wrestler is definitely Cody Rhodes. Uh D Wayne is uh Roman Reigns. Mine's is Sting. Uh Dr. M, who's obviously the smartest of the crew, is the whole Divas division. So I'm sorry, the <laughs> women's division. So you, you can't be mad at the at the brother for that. And I'm not sure who Aaron's favorite. It might be Seth Rollins just by um, the hometown kid. It, what, Shout out to Davenport. Does that does that sound about right? I would say either that or Sting. Really? I, I would think I would think so. Actually, Sting is my favorite wrestler between him and Goldberg. Uh, Man, if you want to talk about current wrestlers, they don't have to be Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. All this time that I've been fantasy booking for Sting, and I feel like y'all was just undercoverly hating on me. This whole time, he's y'all favorite wrestler. I, I don't get y'all, but um, but that's just D Wayne. I have to say, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, I have to be realistic here. That's why. Yeah, that's right. And 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 Vince McMahon booked you to like uh, Roman Reigns, and that's where we're at with that. <laughs> like you actually fell victim to the experiment that nobody else fell victim for but you. But it's okay because your cheers was loudly heard at um, Cowboys Stadium cheering for your boy. I heard it on the network too. I heard I can hear you on the network. <laughs> but um, Cody Rose, first of all, it was inside of a um, it was inside of um, a small gym within a church. So if you can oh, wow. see from the videos I posted on our Twitter um, I did. at BGB Group, um, Cody Rose came down and was like right next to me. A huge dude. I, I I imagine him being that size, being that close, uh, being that close to him. 
But uh, he took the map. First of all, his pop was insane. Like, everybody was waiting for him. He was clearly the main attraction there. Um, he faced oh, off man. against... He faced off against Chris Hero. That match went immediately. Okay, first of all, Cody was a straight entertainer. When he first came out, he asked Chris Hero, Chris Hero for a handshake, and Chris Hero didn't want to give him a handshake. So Cody Rhodes went outside the ring and gave everybody else a handshake around the whole place. So then Chris Hero finally came out and threw him against um, the the uh, the rails. So they took the fight into the crowds where people were getting body slammed on chairs you were sitting on. Like, your chair could have been victimized, and you could have ended up being standing for the rest of the show because they was just oh, destroying wow. chair. Uh, Cody went on top of the concession table and was uh and did, like, a, a double arm. I mean, a double arm bar. Uh, um, a double, uh, what do you call it? You know, when you lock your hands up together and you hit them across the head. Uh, I forget what this, that move is called, but he did that like off the... Yeah, like a sledgehammer, yeah. He um, did that off the concession uh, table, and then he came over closer to our side. More chairs got victimized. I mean, what a match. Although Chris Hero um, beat him because of Drew Galloway's interference, which was very, very interesting. I didn't I didn't understand the angle that came from it. Chris Hero, uh, pretty much uh, his gimmick as he was the heel was saying, we don't want you here. So they treated him you know, like an outsider, and it was just like, like basically tried to grab him and throw him out the ring, like, we don't want you here. Also, Chris Hero did the most hillish thing ever, which there was somebody in the crowd had a, um, like a fat head of uh, Dusty Rhodes. He went and oh, took wow. it. First of all, it was signed, too. It was signed on the back. I don't know if it was from Cody or Dusty, but either way, it was signed. But he went and took it and smashed it over Cody Rose head and Cody Rose went berserk. And then the fan that he took it from was not happy. Like you could tell, like it was really? it, he was like legitimately mad because he want he wanted it back. And once Chris Hero was done, they like threw it to the side of the of the, of the ring. And the dude was just sitting there like mad the entire time. So um definitely nuclear hill heat from that. But uh strangely did he, did enough. Did anything like during the match or after the match? You say what? Did they do anything for him, like, during the match or after the match? For the fan? Yeah, that fan. Not that I could think of. However, he did get it back because in SummerSlam, um, if you've seen that one segment where they showed Wale, he was behind him. Right. With, with the fat head. So oh, I was wow. like, oh, it's the same dude. So, um, definitely, definitely good. Um, Cody Rose had to be helped out the arena at that point. I'll come back to it in a minute. But, uh, overall, a very good showmanship, um, as far as the match. Um, and he wears pants now. I've seen he has pants and has new music and everything. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, the green pants, his attire is bomb. Definitely mess with it. Um, Cedric Alexander versus Zack Zabra Jr. First of all, I am oh, no longer going to call Cedric Alexander Cedric Alexander. That is no longer his name, okay? From, oh, what's his new name going to be? From now on, this man name is Cedric the Great. Uh, Alexander, Alexander the Great. I'm sorry, Alexander the Great, because although um he made uh, Zack Saber went over, he was still the star of the match. Like he's this really that good. Okay, he bossed his entrance when he came in, which was hilarious. He tried to come in and go on the uh, turn rope, and that didn't go good because it was hot as I don't know what, and I'm pretty sure the ropes were sweaty, so he slipped. 
But uh, absolutely, the dude is phenomenal. I'm sorry, every single chance I got to see him in in my living uh, surroundings, I'm a go. I'm going to see the dude. Um, right. Um, Zack Saber Jr. cut a promo at the end, challenging the Evolve champ afterwards. Uh, for I guess he's trying to set it up for um maybe Evolve 68. He didn't really he didn't really say when, but he definitely um he definitely you know, said that he was coming for who's the evolved champ. Somebody I'm not familiar with is uh Timothy Thatcher. Thatcher. Okay. So okay. um maybe we can see that. But uh Zack Sabre Jr. is still stellar with his arm twist and his finger locks and all all that stuff is like it's crazy to see it in person. Um five I, I would say maybe like a four star match because it was not the best of match, maybe because it was so hot and it was sweaty, because a little bit of, little bit of the technique was a little sloppy. Nonetheless, it was still really good. And you know, Sellers, your boy uh, Alexander the Great had great storytelling within the ring, and so does that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, definitely was good there. Um, so I don't talk to you guys head off. What, any other questions y'all might want to ask me since I attended, or anything else? Any point of view? Is anything you want to? Going back to that, Cody, okay, you said he had to be helped out the ring. Two, well, two-part question. Yeah. Did he get hurt? And also, we won't, we, as we talked about before in our last episode of Two Chains, we won't talk about, you know, the unmentionables, but were people with Cedric Alexander and Cody Rose, and you should know what I mean by that, during their matches. Re- repeat that last part. Remember how we talked about when we went to yeah. uh, Nova Pro Wrestling, right, right? Right, And we was like, we can't mention, you right. know, who he was with. Right. But it was interesting who he was with. Was it like that with Cody Rhodes too and him at Evolve? No. Were, were they seen? Okay. No, okay. no, no, no. And I guess to kind of clear that up a little bit, um, what you see is what you got uh, with that show. So if you if you do um, order the DVD or the um, the live video, I mean the um, the video file, however Evolve does, they're downloading. Um, it, what you see is what you get. Not so much. Um, uh, but you had to be there to experience certain certain things. But I will say this though, um, the stars were in the building. Um, I got a glimpse right. of Cesaro in attendance. Tyler Breeze was in attendance. So my argument is, if they're fans of indie shows because they they was obviously brought up in it, why are people so against going to indie shows just because it's not WWE brand? You know, like right. give it a chance. Like these are stars. That eventually will make it to the big leagues in WWE, but now you get the most unfiltered, most hungriest talent trying to make a name for themselves. I mean, I like I'm gonna say it like this, and you can kind of compare it to what I'm about to say. Think of it as a shoe company, WWE being Jordan, and and the other people in the indies are like. Reeboks, Payless, Walmart. Yeah, the same quality might be a little bit better, but it's not that name brand. I, and I, mm. and I, I agree, but I mean at the same time, I mean you can also make you can also make a comparison to the Olympus to say like the USA basketball team is obviously the all the almighty of basketball, but did you watch? Did you not watch basketball because you didn't think other um, countries were good? Considering that before the, the championship game, we were only beating teams by three points. Like, there's talent out there 
that people just aren't giving the respect to. And 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 to Good the point. shoe comparison too. Yeah, and everybody wants a pair of Jordans or a pair of Nikes. But let's be let's be honest with ourselves. If we really wanted a nice lightweight training shoe, the first thing you're going to consider is an Adidas. You know? Yeah. Because it's that's just what they built themselves around. I just feel like the Indies built themselves around to talent being hungry, not privileged. You know, they don't get these they don't get these characters where they can just say like, "Oh, I'm the Rock's cousin, so I'm automatically going to get a title shot." You got people that really work hard on their gimmicks and um, their their craft to be recognized. I mean, quite frankly, it was a whole bunch of CWC stars that was there that day. I mean, you had um, Zach Sabre Jr., you had Tony Nese, you had um, 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 what's his name, um, Drew Drew uh, Gulak. Um, who who challenged the evolved champion, which was a really good match, you know. And then, right. and then just to just to take a step back from that, then you had TNA talent that were there, which um, which um, Drew Galloway, uh, which I already spoke about, and you had EC3, who is I, I hate to say it, but this dude is jacked in person. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, look. Drew, uh, uh, EC3 came over to where I was sitting after Cody Rose had already destroyed cheers in this section. He was like, I need a chair. And then he was like, well, I need two. I was like, man, I ain't getting up, man. I'm not, it's way too hot in here for me to be standing. But he was so jacked. I ain't want no parts of that, uh, But, um, but, um, yeah. So you have people like who have, I'm not going to say TNA is paying their people good because it's so funny because I'm going I'm to talk about that in a second. But you still have people who are still trying to establish themselves even though they already got, you know, sort of right. say a TV deal, but not in the WWE yet because they still they, they feel like they have more to prove. Drew Galloway is really underratedly good. No, there is, I can't, I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. There's not enough credit given to that dude. I I enjoyed everything he did that day. Every single from um, getting the crowd rowdy to moves, executions, everything. Did I say T.J. Perkins was there too? No. Okay. Yeah, he was there too. He was in that. He was in this three uh, six man tag against them. But um, everything that Drew Galloway did. I, I I was a fan of, and and is I just don't feel like we appreciate him enough to see that after he left WWE, where he didn't work in three man band, but he went to TNA, and TNA probably didn't give him enough recognition, but he's an evolved, and he's and his you know what his gimmick is for evolve? Do any of y'all know? No. His gimmick is basically that he's basically against evolve, the evolve brand itself. Because of their relationship with WWE, so he's like, "Oh, so y'all working with them?" You know, he doesn't mess. He doesn't mess with Evolve because of that. So he 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 he's forming a team to basically take over Evolve, as he wants to change their relationship with WWE. Which, if you guys don't know, most of the CWD CWC talent is from Evolve, which mm-hmm. is their relationship that. You know that's not really publicized, but it is what it is. You know, right? Um, and 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 how he pursued that gimmick this week is Joey Styles made an appearance, and he oh, wow. and he said, "I need somebody that's a mastermind that knows that business, that knows the ins and outs, that can help us go over." 
which was really good. And Joey Styles might have cut the funniest promo in the entire world, where he said that he actually was kind of considering it till he really said something on the lines. Don't quote me exactly how he said this, but he said something on the lines of like, you know, I know why you guys don't like pretty much like Evolve because y'all not used to being with a show where fans actually have to buy tickets. <laughs> so as as it's shot towards TNA. So overall, on that note, like really, really solid show. Um, and at the end of the match, which I, I said I'll bring back up with Cody, uh, Cody did come back out to confront Drew Galloway to, to uh, go back over on him. He cut a promo saying how he was going to live and die a wrestler. And as a, and him also as a fan as we were was going to live and die wrestling. Um, the, um, and then uh, I'm not sure what his position is with Evolve. Somebody came out to say, you know what, Cody? Um, at Evolve 68, it was going to be Cody Rhodes versus Johnny Gargano. But he decided that instead it will be Cody Rhodes and Johnny Gargano. Versus Drew Galloway and Chris Hero. So definitely a match worth looking forward to um, at Evolve 68. Nice. That was my absolute review of that show. And it was, um, again, I I paid, uh, what, $20, I think? Totally Uh worth it. (laughs) Totally worth it. Uh, Any of you guys got something you want to ask me or add to that before we move on? About how long was um, the show? Like, are indie shows, like, are they, like, the same length as, like, a WWE house show? Or about how long was it? Good question. I believe that it started at three, and it was about two and a half hours. Okay. So, solid. intermission or without? No intermission. Um, Solid match booking in, in, in regard to the order. The action was was stellar the whole time. Um, uh, Matt Riddle versus uh, Tommy N was the match that was the second match, or third match, because it was a squash match in the beginning. Uh, for if you don't know those two names, Tommy is absolute phenomenal, and really, that match right there set the tone moving forward throughout the whole night. So, um, yeah, just it's just solidly paced, and Time flew by so fast I didn't even realize it. I was almost scared that I was going to be late for uh, NXT Brooklyn TakeOver. And the trains wasn't even running correctly. So I was, you know, I was worried about that and the delays. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even realize how much time passed. And, you know, I, I, we still had plenty of time, obviously. But it was just that experience was so good that you didn't realize how much time had actually moved by. But two and a half hours. Okay. D-Wayne, you got anything you want to add or sell us anything? Anything else on that? I'm going to lie in. Another another shout out to uh my man Alexander the Great who um I spoke to a little bit again and uh, it was good to see him I was uh signing autographs and everything again and really good dude. Of course he remembered you remembered you from the last time when we saw him in Nova right? Yes sir, and um awesome. just a stand up dude man I can't emphasize him enough so I really I really enjoy that. All right so um I said I was gonna bring up RH real quick I didn't get to see it any of y'all any of you you guys did. You know, honestly, yeah, I haven't been following ROH like that since Moose, Moose left, actually. Mm-hmm. And, I, um, it, it seemed like ROH, not not in a bad way, are losing their momentum. They do have great stars. But when you have a guy who's been your 
number one guy for uh, for a long time in, in Jay Lethal, and you have nobody to challenge him, I don't think your wrestling promotion can grow that to that extent. Well, and that's just actually the only point I was going to bring up because uh, Adam Cole beat Jay Lethal for ROH World Championship oh, and and broke the internet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and broke maybe the, that's why I didn't follow. Yeah, that's that's all that I was going to bring up. I have to go back and review it, but it broke the internet. It, I, it was almost no way you, you can avoid it because it's just clearly, as soon as I got on Twitter, it's just like, oh my God, I can't believe it's happening, blah, 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 blah. But that point right there is what I was actually discussing with Jamal. It was just like, man, that was just so like, you was just so used to Jay Lethal being the champion. It just was just like, man, 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 you know, it's been a solid year for him. But now, you know, Over. it's good to see what, what they will have a new title uh, run with Adam Cole being part of the Bullet Club. And the Bullet Club is taking over wrestling right now. So that all makes it more for interesting views, you know? Yep. But um, moving forward to... Um, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, first my first time at the Barclays Center. Um, okay, before you go into review or review on that, I just need to know, what is your thoughts about that intro with Shinsuke? I know you headlined that in the opening sequence, but seeing that live, you got to tell me how that went over. I mean, um, <laughs> y'all want to know a funny fact? I now, was a... They booed it before we even started, right? No, heck no. Oh, okay. But I was about to say, did they boo that guy that was on the violin? No, heck no. Oh, okay, great, heck no. Great, great, they, great. they, it was a premature claps before he was done because they thought he was just oh. going to cut the intro and then the music was going to come. Man, that dude, I, uh, I, I tapped oh. him all. I was like, he's still playing. Like he's, they have him mic'd up. But um, I'm a, I'm an instrument kid. I, I play, I play the instrument all through, um, all the way until ninth grade and announcing Hill, where I was just like. I don't think I could do this anymore. So I definitely have appreciation for talent like that. Sure. And um, it really was so humbling um, for numerous reasons. One is uh, to see African-American playing a violin uh, stands out to me because of the many bands I played in. Do not ever think I've been part of one where African-American male played the violin. Yep. Um, and it was phenomenal. Uh it gave me chills. Uh, I watched it back again on the network, and I, it just was just really humbling to to, uh, to hear it again and to say I was part of that experience. So I had a good time with that for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, but I'm I'm a to, to, to pass this around a little bit. Um, what was you guys' matches of the night and why? I start off with a uh, you, silly Salas. Oh, you're sorry, I was going to give it to Dr. M. Oh, with Dr. Actually, M? Anybody, anybody. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw mine to Dr. M. Dr. M, what did you think about my new crush, Ember Moon? <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, that's just like, well, for, to answer your question first, so I thought I think Ember Moon's great. Um, I mean, I had known a little bit about her. She used to yep. be, um, a, I mean, she was a big star on the indie scene, right? So going back to Two Chains' mm-hmm. point about you know, getting out and seeing indies more. Like, this woman um, definitely paid her dues on the indies. And uh, so I was just happy to see her finally get on a big stage with WWE. And I thought her, speaking of entrances, I thought her entrance was great. Oh, oh my God. Yes. But yeah, I, I've been hearing nothing but good things. I've, I've been hearing that she's, WWE is really going to put a lot of attention behind her. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what they do with her. 
but um, match, of the, match of the night, um, for me, easily, it has to be the tag team title match. Um, Revival and Gargano and Tampa, they put on a clinic um, at TakeOver. Uh, I mean, every there's not one part of that match that I wasn't I wasn't hooked on. Everything was was crisp. Um, you can tell that both teams have chemistry with their partners and with each other. And I, there's really I can't think of a better team out there than the Revival right now in terms of mm-hmm. being legit classic heels, right? And they played off so well with Gargano and Champa. So that was my match of the night. Hello, guys. This is Dwayne here, and uh, <laughs> let's let's go back to this Amber Moon. Um, how can I say this Amber. without really saying this? Oh yeah, she's the token black girl. Thank you. No, don't say yes. that. Yes, yes. Don't say that. I, and I hate to tell you that she is. Sorry. What makes you say that though? Because I'm smart enough to know this. Look, this is right now. Yes, she has this look. Yes, she has the skill. But let's be real. When I first saw her, I was just like, okay, they got a Naomi Jr. Someone who is athletic, has a little bit of skills, you know. Maybe can hype the crowd, maybe not. Who knows? Depending on what they really want to invest in her gimmick. But eh, they're not really going to do anything with her. She's just going to be... completely disagree. I would, too! I, 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 and I'm sorry to tell you that, but it's the truth. The truth is, she is, and I hate to say this, that token black girl. <laughs> she, <laughs> she but, is. Think about, but think about the other African-American women who have come through WWE. Mm-hmm. Let's, like, I think of Naomi, for example. Yes, yes. Um, Ember Moon is athletic, but like Naomi... But you're not going to see Ember Moon dancing around a ring. No. You're not going to see her wearing, you know, glowing outfits or anything like that. Ember Moon is not going to be anything like Cameron was when she was there. Who? She's not going to be. Who? She's not going to be. Cameron. It's um, Oh, the rapper. I'm sorry. The rapper. She's not going to be anything like a lot of the African-American women who come through. So I, I disagree with the suggestion that she's token anything. I, I, like she's very unique. And uh, I think WWE is going to do a lot of great things with her. I, and I like the fact that you have hope. I mean, someone has to have hope. But let's be real. If you look at the history of of it, she is the token black girl. No. no. And and I hate to tell you, I hate to say that to you. It's the truth. I mean, you might not want to hear it. I mean, you're the same person that, I mean, since you're the same person that, you know, Still had hopes for Cody Rhodes, and now look at him. He's not in WWE. Oh, he's under oh, that shape, though. Oh, he's, he's, oh, he's, he's, oh Dwayne. Now, he's, now you're getting out of hand. Now. Okay, he's. I'm talking about WWE's ass, and I'm sorry to tell you this. I mean, hey, you have you had hope for Mr. Kennedy. And... <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 wait. Let me ask you this question: Was Mr. Huh? Kennedy Anderson a world champion? Yes or no? He was. Okay, that's all you need. If you're well, a champion in any, in, in any major wrestling promotion, you've been successful as a wrestler. Can I ask you a question? Who remembers that? Oh, a lot of people are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are wrong. That's, what, that's what you think. That's, that's what Tina was at at least a top peak. When I, you're, I, I, see, wrestling. you're actively forgetting it is what you're doing, Dwayne. Exactly. I'm, I'm, not actively forgetting. I'm actually saying that it doesn't matter. Oh, it does it's, matter. It does matter. It's like it's like who it's like who remembers 
that uh, all right, what's this way? So let me ask you this: Do WCW title reigns uh, matter? Do sure matter? do. As long as as long as Booker yeah. T can allude to it, sure does. Yes. Uh, it, they, they, they matter. But the thing, all right, does Kurt does Kurt Angle's title reigns of any kind do they matter? Kurt Angle's a beast. You're just you're just hating now because Kurt Angle's better than Mr. Kennedy. If I remember, Mr. Ennis is a two-time TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Oh, two-time. Two-time. It wasn't a one-and-done. Two-time TNA World Heavyweight Champion. No. I'm just saying. Oh. And it's the same wrestling promotion where Kurt Angle, not only him, Jeff Jarrett, everybody was oh. in the major wrestlers were in this promotion. Hulk Hogan and Rick Flair oh. were in the promotion. TNA is not no slouch. It's the same name. But it's history. It has history. It has history. All right, let's, all right, so let's, Let me ask you on one more question. Does, does Bobby Lashley's uh, title reigns matter? First of all, a lot of people. Does it matter? Hold on. Does it matter? Does it matter where? He was never a WWE no. World Heavyweight Champion. He was an ECW Champion yeah. in uh, WWE. Yeah. But that's the title reigns matter. Then Kennedy's matter. Okay, I recognize. First of all, I never said Bobby. First of all, his was an asterisk in the first place because it doesn't matter why either. I, I got a question. I got a question. So I'm going to, before you say the question, you look at the history. The history says that she's the token black girl. No, I definitely. If not. you look at Ember Moon's Instagram and anything personal she has out there, there is nothing token about her. Oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I agree with that too, too. I mean, oh, excuse me, goddamn, I agree with that exactly. I, 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 I know. I've, I've looked it up. I mean, it's very enticing. But again, I'm going off on history, and basically, nine times out of ten, most likely, I've been right. I I I have a question to to move forward a little bit. Um, two things: Do you think Ember Moon's um, Twilight sort of say look is going to work over for her? Yeah. With the yeah. red eyes, the vampire whole thing. You think it's going to work? Yeah. Yes. You know yes. what's crazy about yeah. it too? It's 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 much as is is so common as that vampire theme is for movies and stuff like that. There's no there's not a lot of wrestlers doing that. There's uh what's what's the what's her name in um TNA, but it's sort of say of a different look. But I'm not surprised that this gimmick hasn't already been used more often. But uh it has. and now, let me take this two chase real quickly. Doctor M, who is our favorite wrestler that was underused using that little vampire gimmick that was in ECW? Oh, um, Kevin Thorne? Kevin Thorne, yeah. exactly. That gimmick would have worked so much if they put that to the right potential. Because him and that girl that he was with, oh my gosh, it worked perfectly. I'm I'm and drawing such a blank right now, but there's a there's a tandem in TNA that's doing the same thing that I'm um um I know Aaron. I think it's Aaron or maybe it's Dr. M who's Are you been talking about the decay? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I I my, and honestly, like I said, I, I like her gimmick. Don't go wrong. It, I like her gimmick, but I'm looking at it from a mansion point of view. I mean, they say they're gonna do a lot of stuff, but we all know half the time they give it the BS. From a mansion point of view, I honestly feel that you, why you have high hopes, I'm going to be realistic and say she's the token black girl until they prove me wrong. <laughs> But what does that have to do with her success in WWE? Yes. It's, it, her, her, success is, her success is going to be maybe a little bit better than Naomi's. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I guarantee it. Guarantee it. Oh. No. I, I, I got a question. I got a, my other question. Then I'm going to move forward. 
and I'm I'm at this I'm at to steal some of uh Morrow's swag real quick as he always makes references back to pop culture. But uh do you think uh do you think Stone Cold is gonna uh roll up on him like he roll up on her like um like he did to John Cena about using the stunner? And that's a oh, reference. Hers is different. <laughs> well, so was the springboard stunner. Either way, it was no, still a stunner. No, the springboard was the ugly, ugliest thing Cena could have done, and, and it did not look right. So you said. And that was a reference to uh, Charlemagne and um, and um, Birdman. And he had some. He's gonna roll up on Rick Ross or Trick Daddy <laughs> like that. But What's the respect on. <laughs> But TJ, let me take this though before you move on to the next topic. One thing that we're sleeping on that was probably a, a great match in a way, a theory of storytelling and showmanship, Mr. Glorious. That Robert Roode entrance and, and magnitude of that match with CN, I thought it was good. Hey, that's just, I mean, I was going to say, what, and uh, D Wayne, what was your match of the night? First of all, it's right now. Bobby Roode is the man. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I always like Bobby Roode. I'm 16 and Bobby Roode is the man. Yep. I mean, of course I had points where I'm just like, oh, I, I hate you, but you just played this part so good. Yeah. I, I, have, I have to say my match of the night definitely is the tag team match. The Revival is the best tag team in the world. Nobody can tell me different. Um, for all the reasons Dr. M said, they're so polished. They make everybody look good. Um, and they just... They, they're not sloppy. Move executions. First of all, they're booking who only seems to be one person, which is um uh uh oh my god, what's the, what's uh what's, what's my man name on commentary with the tattoos? Uh, Corey Graves. Corey Graves. Yeah, I kept wanting to say Cody. Corey Graves is the only person who alludes to saying that their ring IQ is the best, and the stuff that they do is absolutely what you think in your mind. Like, why don't you do this? For the reason why their IQ is so smart is the reason why that match was so good because Gargano and Ciampa did not use such great IQ. As you can tell, they were a younger tag team and have, yeah, they have chemistry, but they didn't do such tactical things such as the revival. Gargano tapped when he was within all reach of the rope. And I was thinking to myself, like, really? Just reach out instead of tap. You can reach out instead of tap. If it had been a revival, absolutely. Tad, his Somebody would have put the other person's arm over or something. And that's why they're just absolutely the best tag team in it. And and to so, Dwayne's point. He was too much for Gargano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so as we move forward a little bit, let's talk about basically what Bret Hart said, saying that Seth Rollins is reckless. Oh, we, so as soon as we come back from the break, we're, just, we're going to get right into that. I just want to say that um, a couple of other points that I want to bring up from NXT is um, just in case for a crowd mutant on the WWE Network, uh, No Way Jose and Ty Dillinger was super over from the um, from Wait, the crowd. Oh, not Ty Dillinger. You mean uh, Austin Aries? No, Ty Dillinger was over. He, was, he did a dark match, right? Oh. oh, that's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He did do a dark match. You're right. You're right. Um... Ty Dillinger was over, so you didn't get to see the match. He went against, um, who did he go against? I'm drawing blank. Doesn't matter. Um, no Way Jose was over. Austin Aries obviously was over. Ember Moon was over. And Bobby Roode was, was just, it was crazy. His interest was crazy. Everybody was waiting for it. 
um, the little platform that he came down on. I don't know if y'all can peep it, but that thing was a little shaky when he was coming I down. <laughs> and and no matter how much I love Bobby Roode, I need everybody to remember that he was a heel in that match. And yet, he was being cheered like a face. And I don't know if that's going to be a problem down the line, but for him, I know he can handle it, and he cuts the right promos, but Definitely my point is for that. And also, Shinsuke Nakamura interest in winning the belt, the whole atmosphere around that match was just crazy. Samoa Joe, can't wait to see him on the main roster for sure. But, um, yeah, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, definitely, we're going to get back, talk about a quick run-through with SummerSlam, Raw, and SmackDown for all the discussions and numerous questions, especially the Finn Balor injury, the Deli Boys leaving, um, I same breakdown for SummerSlam as far as match of the night and and the new belts that premiered on SmackDown. So we'll get back at you in a second. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on all of our platforms, bgbgroup.tumblr.com, at bgbgroup on Twitter, and facebook.com slash big gold belt all right all right all right we're back we're back um definitely uh make sure you subscribe like and uh follow us on all our platforms as mentioned um get back into it now a quick breakdown of SummerSlam, raw and uh smackdown from the uh the past couple of days uh first off i'm just gonna have to say that SummerSlam. I ultimately did not like the card. Um, looking at it, uh, wasn't convinced that it was going to be uh, the show of the weekend, considering all the wrestling that went down. So I was a little bit just optimistic and hoping that we'll get something good. But um, I don't know. I have to say that out of out of the whole night, I've really only really enjoyed maybe one to two matches in and out. And my match of the night was absolutely, which I think all of us are going to agree, was the John Cena versus AJ Styles match for every single reason you could think of. The booking, yeah. the Cena putting somebody over for once. I don't even know if that really happened, but I guess so. Uh, um, um, shoot. AJ Styles the whole night was just phenomenal. Uh, no pun intended, but when uh, the... the uh, when the club met up in the back with that promo and Finn Balor walked in, I mean, I, that everything about that gave me chills. So I just had good, I had good faith for everybody in the club the whole night. Considering Adam Cole had won the ROH uh, uh, Heavyweight Championship, figuring I'm thinking like, all right, well maybe everybody of the club is going to get some gold tonight. So I was very high on all the members of the club, but um, the John Cena versus AJ Styles match definitely took it for me that night. And I'm glad to see him win, go over, and it looks like his booking going forward is going to be stellar considering that he's proclaiming himself to be the man that runs the place now since he beat the man that runs the place. But uh, we'll go around real quick to see what you guys thought about who your match of the night. If not match of the night, what was your most interesting point of the night or something that just really stuck out to you that you want to discuss? So I'm gonna go off and say this, and normally I'm I'm very hard on WWE pay-per-views, not NXT, but WWE main event, main roster pay-per-views, and I have to sit there and say this is probably 
to me the best paper my main event pay-per-view that they had this year um the john cena j styles match was absolutely amazing um possible match of the year candidate it, it was great um The whole, the, let's talk about Brock Lesnar, this whole brutality of Randy Orton. I mean, I'm not surprised that they went this route. And my guessing, this is all, this is all a setup for an eventual WrestleMania story with who, who knows. But that's what I, that's what I believe it's coming to. Because, you know, Brock Lesnar doesn't have that many appearances. So it's, this is a, the, the seed for WrestleMania. Um... Besides that, I mean, I thought it was a good card. I liked the the women's championship match. I thought it was great. Um, surprisingly, the the and th- this is the what this is the thing that's gonna bug me right here. The Russo versus Reigns that feud because as we're gonna talk about Raw in a little bit, where did it go? I mean, you have Roman Reigns came out and beat the crap out of Rusev, and then that's what it was. I mean, I, I wouldn't want a match. I wouldn't want, honestly, I'm a Roman Reigns fan, but I wouldn't want Rusev to win just to have Roman Reigns, you know, set back a little bit, a little bit more. But, I mean, again, we'll just talk about this a little bit later, but I'm kind of disturbed by that. I I mean, I got to agree because I kind of feel like um, finally they got the right attention on Roman Reigns. After he's been uh, being dismantled by the crowd, but you finally got him in a feud that he was actually getting cheered about and people was intrigued. But the way how that match was booked and what happened on Raw makes you seem like, did they hang it up for a second or is it just completely done? That there's no reason why we shouldn't why we should be questioning that right now is my issue. But uh, uh, Mr. Silly Sellers or Doctor M, what was y'all pointers for the for the SummerSlam? Uh, um, for me, SummerSlam suffered, but it did okay. And it suffered because you had bad storyline and bad booking decisions before this pay-per-view even happened. I'll give you an example. Even though people may have liked the Roman Reigns segment or people may have not liked the Roman Reigns segment, I, w- I was one of those persons who did not like it because you can't give a pay-per-view quality match to, to go home before it should be on SummerSlam. In my opinion, if you make that stigmatization um, – or during the match that you know that they had during Raw on SummerSlam, I think that would have been great. Something that you could have done on a pre-show, maybe it was like a promo to lead up to that component where they can, where they can do it. Uh, I just don't feel like you should give up pay-per-view matches anytime before, especially if it's the night before the pay-per-view. Uh, the one thing I did like about the card, and me and D Wayne talked about this off-air, was the structure of the card. You had main title matches, sequence at different times, and I think you had an eight o'clock match, at nine o'clock, at nine thirty a 10-30, you know, main event type matches, and then you have filler matches in between, and that's how your card should be paced if you're doing this. Here's my biggest takeaway, though. SummerSlam, like a baby WrestleMania, you just have to make sure you do not waste time in uh, having takeaway matches as your title matches, and what I mean by that is the John Stewart part with the New Day. Oh, yeah, I forgot that, about that that. that. that wastes opportunities where you can either change titles or reinforce why the New Day is so great. Don't bring anybody out from the outside just because it's a celebrity name to try to make a spotlight for that moment. I, I don't think that's right. 
Um, so it, it's like a give and take I had with this pay-per-view. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either. But I do want to touch on a point. I, I don't want to jump too far ahead on what Bret Hart said because I do have some disagreements with that. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll get into that going into uh, talking about Raw a little bit. Um, the Doctor, what, what was your points or match of the night or anything you want to highlight for SummerSlam? Um, so, I'll be quick. Um, Cena Styles, definitely match of the night for me. I agree with all of that. Um, the card, like, I didn't have a problem with the card, but uh, I think it was you, Sellers, or it might have been you, Two Chains, that um, asked a couple days ago what we thought about the order. And, yeah. Um, yeah, the order was questionable, and I can't really articulate why. I, I'll just say it was questionable. Um, but sort of big reaction for me has to be um, Rollins and Balor and how their match got crapped on by the fans. <laughs> um, and I, I was really hoping that WWE was going to allow Rollins to respond on Raw this past week, and maybe it was best that they didn't. But... Um, I mean, the fact that you have two amazing people like Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, first time ever, SummerSlam, and yet the fans spent the first chunk of the match focused on the belt. Yes, the belt is not the best-looking thing that WWE has ever done, but you have Finn Balor and Seth Rollins in the ring. Like, why in the world were the fans focused on that? And, yeah, they're paying fans. They paid their money. They can cheer however they want, right? But I don't know. I just... That kind of put sour, SummerSlam on a sour note for me. Because, I mean, I think, like, you know, TNA's X Division title is hideous, right? Mm-hmm. But I would never, in the middle of an X Division match, you know, <laughs> disrespect the wrestlers in the ring by cheering or booing the belt. Like, so, you know, that got a, that really kind of put SummerSlam on a sour note for me. And uh, even though that wasn't the final match of the night after that match, I really kind of lost my investment in SummerSlam as a whole. Um, so, yeah, Cena, AJ, great match. I think that match was really, um, sort of the highlight of SummerSlam, um, not only for me, but I think of just the pay-per-view in general. I, I have to agree. Full extent. Absolutely. Um, it was good to see Nikki Bella, Nikki Bella, uh, return, um, after a really severe neck injury, which um, a lot of people don't return from, obviously, and or if not, are just uh, pretty much have to make a decision between their, their life and their career. So it's good to see her back, although, and which I think is a good thing that she uh, retired her finish of the rack attack with a modified, a modified version of it. But it was good to see her back, get a great pop and go over for the win in that six woman uh, tag team match. But um, I guess the biggest thing you to talk about SummerSlam is just, you know, um, the the Brock booking. Like, you know, that match was looking like it was going to be posed to be a good match. Number one, um, there was a lot of speculation that we might have seen Goldberg tonight. So that did keep a, a few eyes on the screen for that reason. But the match, um, it took a turn for, for a typical Brock match, going outside the ring and um, uh, I would say extreme spots and stuff like that. But um, Brock landing those UFC elbows on top of uh, um, Randy Orton's head, which I just seen UFC 202. Shout out to my man Nate Diaz, who got robbed by Conor McGregor. Um, 
I just knew that those elbows were out for blood, and I was just like, oh no, nobody can convince me that this is fake. Like I can, I can see the execution and 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 his technique. That I was like, he's really going for blood, and he cut him open, leaving Randy Orton to get twelve stitches. So, my question to y'all is, with that being said, with all the news that came out about him being um, fined by Stephanie McMahon and severe consequences, as both Shane and Stephanie said was going to happen to him. What is now the current booking for Brock right now? Like, is it the simple answer? Is this just writes him off TV for a while? Or do they really prone him as this being a, a, a maybe a cash cow, somebody that puts seats in butts, but just somebody that may not be favorable to be worked with that often? What do y'all guys think? I want Brock Lesnar off my TV immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say that you know, we all know that Brock, when Brock Lesnar's on TV, yes, he, he draws attention. He's, he's a cash cow, as you said, too, James. But I feel like in 2016, I have been consistently disappointed by Brock Lesnar. I mean, WrestleMania, that that poor effort oh, he put in yeah. um, in that match with Dean Ambrose. Dean said it. And then, and then the fact that, you know, once again, he's booked in a main event slot at SummerSlam. Highly anticipated match. They built it well. And the match was all of, what, 10, 12 minutes? Directly went off at 11. Yeah, and as you said, it was the typical Brock match, you know, Suplex City, all that stuff. But, again, it it left me sort of underwhelmed. Like, okay, I've seen Brock do this a million times. He's, you know, bloodied somebody great. He's F5 Shane. Like, you know, I feel like we're seeing the same old, same old with Brock Lesnar. And... You know, strangely enough, this is what John Cena gets, one of many things John Cena gets criticized for. I mean, how often, especially in the last five years, did fans criticize him for, among other things, you know, same old Cena, the same stuff. We're seeing the same stuff in every Brock Lesnar match. (laughs) And so, you know, until I see something different and until I stop being disappointed by him, um, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling the whole Brock Lesnar thing. Salas? I, I would agree with that. And one thing just to add to that, two things on that. One thing, the UFC is not WWE. It's two different entities. I don't think we he don't knows that. Bring, you, I, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. I think we don't need to bring UFC components into WWE. WWE is supposed to be a storytelling, an art. It's not a blood fest anymore in which we don't need to see that. And don't disrespect Hall of Famers like Randy Orton that instant where you're trying to make him look like, oh, he has no way in comparison to being close to beating Brock Lesnar. If this was Brock Lesnar 2002, that would have been a better, closer match as far as Randy Orton being able to compete. And maybe you have a 15-minute five-star match. And that's not what we like with Brock Lesnar. It's not about beating people up. You have to tell a story in the ring. It gets boring after a while. Even in UFC, if you have somebody that can't compete in the ring and you just have somebody that beats people down like that, it gets boring. You need to sell something. You need to sell a competition with a story. But just remember, WWE is not UFC. And shout out to Randy Orton for being just a gentleman or a class act throughout the whole situation. Uh, his Him coming out yep. and SmackDown, he just really kept his composure because, I mean, I, I can't even imagine how he must have felt, but Throughout all the backstage rings uh, news and stuff that came out, it seemed like Randy Orton was just chilling afterwards, you know. So I don't know. Yeah, he said he said he knew that he knew that you know that was gonna happen to him. Right. Mm. So I don't know. I'm I'm Brock Lesnar is just the money. This proves that as long as you make the uh, money for the company, that 
you really is nothing's really gonna happen to you. I mean, he's and I, I think they should have taken more persons, even though they say that this isn't. You know, he was he wasn't in WWE's realm. He failed the drug test. You know, and then he pulls this 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 mm. bloody stunt. I mean, again. I didn't have an Daddy. issue with it, but I mean, it's an issue for other people because I mean, I guess they're trying to, uh, this family oriented mentality with WWE now. So, I mean, again, that's not cool, but I mean, it's Brock Lesnar. They built the Master Beast and they built him to beat down people. So now he beasting this- out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like I said, this is nothing. Just this is a setup for um WrestleMania. I think that we, we do. It's a very good possibility that this is the last time we see Brock Lesnar to maybe Survivor Series, if that. And you know what? I gotta say, I gotta say, it will be almost like um noble fashion for Brock Lesnar to face Goldberg on. A WCW net theme pay per view. It just would just seem too like it, that would just be crazy as far as fantasy booking. But maybe that's the person they need to put the beast away. You know. And, see, and, and it, it makes sense because one, like I say, WCW. I mean, you know, Shane Buck, straight out Curtis and Shane Buck to WCW. So I mean, it makes perfect sense. And another thing is, I mean, again, if WWE. 2K17 is, you know, any indication, I mean, say he's going to Suplex City. Yep, and all the promos they've been cutting for the game in person, saying each other was next and all this other stuff. I mean, I think it worked. Right. I've been fancy booked in a while, mm-hmm. but I would, I would love that. I just got to give a quick three-second um, shout-out to uh, my girl, Eva Marie, and her booking uh, <laughs> for, <laughs> for her interest music coming on, but she didn't come out as they said that she was... Uh, on vacation, <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> from the crowd stress. I love, I love it, man. Can't nobody tell me different. Um, is awesome. So we not. I say the voice is awesome. All, all day. So we're not taking up everybody's uh, defense time. Let's move on to Raw real quick. Um, some of the some of the points that I want to bring up on Raw is uh Finn Balor's injury where he had to pretty much um, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say vacate, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, yeah, vacate the title. Oh yeah, 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 right. He had to vacate the the titles with Mick Foley, whatever he did for now for another contender. As they're saying, um, Finn Balor may be out for six months or whatever. So um, I don't care about who's who's the contenders for the for the belts next. My question moving around to this, which has been the the topic we've been wanting to get to the whole night, is Seth Rollins is he now considered the new legend killer? All right, let me I, let me speak on this first. Now, one one of my secret times, I think I mentioned this on a podcast before, is I have a certification in unarmed stage combat. When I was in college, I needed to take one class to get some credits just for graduation. And unarmed stage combat is a way where people know how to perform stunts and other related TV theater moves safely without getting hurt. And during that class, I learned a lot about how theater and uh, theatrics are happening when people do fight scenes. And a lot of stuff that I learned is what wrestlers do, except for it was non-contact for me and contact for wrestling. When you do that, it takes two parts to do that. It takes the person who performs the move, and it takes the person to receive the move in a proper way where you protect yourself and the person that you're doing. When you see people in wrestling do moves like that, you see it all the time. When they do uh, 
set flips or when they do uh, the vertical suplexes off the top rope, it takes two people to make sure that move is performed successfully. Now, I'm not trying to say that Seth was all perfect in his maneuver, but again, the bump that people take, in which we criticize Dolph Ziggler a lot on this, sometimes people take harder bumps than they need to. And sometimes you can't control it midair. I, I understand that. But you got to understand there's two parts of that. It's unfortunate that Finn Balor got hurt the way he did, but maybe he was nervous and wasn't sure which way he should protect his back. So it just, it just goes different ways. I can't pull all the blame on Seth with that. And even going back to when Enzo Amore got hit, I know Enzo was thrown in a way that could have been safer, but in my opinion, I still think Enzo was prepared to sell it harder than what he needed to do. Um, and that's not throwing no shots against anybody at Enzo. I think he'll learn from it, but it takes two to do that. So I just want to put that out there. Uh, stuff for these injuries that happen. I, I, I have to add my two cents. And the and the, the fanboys and the internet definitely have to chill out with uh, going at Seth as if it's his fault. Like, you, you explained it in the, in the way that I also was under the impression of how it's done, where it takes two people. And if you go back, that his injury wasn't where he did that corner power bomb where everybody think it was. It was actually outside the ring where it happened. Yep. So, yep. you know, no, no. But go ahead, Dwayne. So this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to disagree. And while, while we know that it's two parts to the move, the perception is that he is reckless now. And the thing is, I feel like this, if someone else gets hurt, then you're going to start seeing Seth Rollins change his moveset slowly but surely because when, once you get that perception of being reckless, it's going to be harder to, it's going to be harder to work with you unless you modify the stuff that you do because you have that bad perception already. So it's, it's, no, it's not more of a technicality. Right now it's perception. And perception is because he has three major people have gotten hurt in his matches. The perception is that he is reckless. Now, one, one, I don't, I, why well, I agree with you, the Finn Balor part, you know, that a lot of that is not, you know, Seth Rollins' fault. The Sting part, I mean, Sting's getting old. One thing that I do think he was reckless about was those knees to John Cena's face. I think that he was uh, very reckless in that. I forgot about that. And that's what John, John Cena does, and I thought he was very reckless in it. So again, the perception right now is that he's reckless because three major names in his matches got hurt. I'm 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 intrigued to see if someone else in major can say, for instance. Roman Reigns gets hurt in a Seth Rollins match. <laughs> What's going to happen? Man, come on now. Now we don't Seth Rollins don't just wrestle as we see on TV. This dude does every single day. He's a he's a full time worker. So for yes. the for the per, small percentage of people that actually visually get hurt on there, he's by far he's not yes. his technique don't even look reckless or sloppy to me. As far as I'm no, concerned, as far as I'm concerned, Sasha Banks Sasha Banks is the most reckless wrestler to me. All all of her moves look sloppy to me. And I and I think Charlotte is the best women's wrestler. And that last match with them together on SummerSlam absolutely was just like I had to cover my eyes because I knew I knew she was gonna get hurt at some point. But just as Sasha has like 
she has like no body control under her moon or her flips and moonsaults. I just think she's just prone to be hurt. That's what I consider to be reckless because you're putting everybody in danger. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I said, I think Steph has an excellent technique, but we're not talking about the technique. We're talking about the perception. The perception is right now that he's reckless. Dr. Uh, I completely agree with you, Wayne, about the perception point. Um, and I, I'm a huge Seth Rollins fan. I, I'm not going to point fingers at him. Right. Everybody signs a contract to be in this company. They they are well aware of the risks of getting in that ring. So, um, you know, I don't blame Seth Rollins at all. But D. Wayne, I think is perfectly right. It's it's perception here. Right. And I would imagine there are more than a few fans now that are thinking that, OK, sums up with Seth Rollins, you know, uh, as a performer. Right. Even though he, he is technically a very good wrestler. Right, and he's too big of a star. I don't think anything's gonna happen to him in term in Vince's eyes, right? Um, but I really wish there was a fan uh, follower um, on our Twitter account at BGB Group um, a couple months ago that um, responded to a comment I made when I think this was an episode of Raw and Seth did that corner um, power bomb on the turnbuckle move. And I commented that, wow, I'm surprised to some extent that he's still allowed to do that considering what happened to Sting. And so the follower, you know, responded, well, Sting's 53, 56, however old he is. I remember that tweet, yep. And I'm like, well, yes, but the human body is the human body. It doesn't matter if it's 56 or 36, right? And so mm-hmm. here, we, here we are at SummerSlam, right? Again, freak accident. But we do that same move outside the ring, and the human body is is very prone to injury with a move like that. So it surprises me that Vince or someone hasn't stepped in. And much like they told Stephen to no longer do the curb stomp, I'm surprised that no one has said, "Look, you gotta you gotta let this go," uh, because even though we've done the brand split now, like the WWE cannot take a whole lot of injuries we remember last year when they had that rash of injuries and so many big stars were out and the fact that rollins still does moves like this is questionable to me i will have to say that sting took like a neck or spinal injury and seth rollins took an arm injury because his arm was a little bit up as it hit the barricade but nonetheless i do i do agree with your point the human body is the human body age is never going to play a difference in that nonetheless like if, if it can happen to anybody with a, with something done incorrectly and this is and the thing is and i think that a lot of why this issues must become prevalent is because it's, it's who got hurt it's anybody but you know supposed to hold the belt for a period of time. Well, now we have a situation where we might have where here comes Roman Reigns enters the, pic- the picture. Back <laughs> oh, that, no, because that's what you want. <laughs> no, we have Seth, I mean, Rollins, Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor at WrestleMania. Six months injury? Yeah. Book it. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's the thing. And I, when well, me and Silly Sons was talking, I was like, um, before he got hurt, I was like, it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Seth. I mean, Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor at WrestleMania. Well, now since Finn Balor is hurt, it's going to be Finn Balor, but we don't know who it's going to be against. Seth. I don't, I don't know this stuff. It Seth. just depends. And the reason why, one of the reasons why I say I don't know is because you got to think about where WrestleMania is. It is Florida. Roman Reigns. 
I'm Florida. Okay. Okay. Moving move, move, move on to another Florida guy real quick so we can wrap up the episode for the day. Um, Titus O'Neil, I had to bring this up, and I don't know if anybody else, because I don't, I don't think we be, I don't think we tweeted, I don't think we had a discussion over this, but Titus O'Neil was incredibly sloppy on Mike on Raw, as if he was nervous, just lost, the crowd got him. Is Brooklyn really that harsh? I mean, I was in the NST crowd, it wasn't like that, but geez, I have never seen him so rattled on Mike ever. I'm just trying to figure out what in the world is going on with the use of him and what he's doing entirely right now. Is it is it is it is it really over for him now? I think he I think he just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I, I, you know, and I think we've probably talked about this before, but some people should not have a mic in their hands. And Titus O'Neil, as great of a guy he as he is outside the WWE, the great things he does. Like he's somebody that I think would just benefit from having a manager. But like, him on the him on the mic just doesn't work. But well, wait a minute. When he ran commentary those couple of times, he was it was the best thing on there. A monologue is different from a conversation. Okay. 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 <laughs> point taken. Point taken. Point taken. Um, Bailey made her debut, which was uh, obviously seen from a mile away. The only thing I want to bring up about that is that Mick Foley announced her, announced her as a free agency signing. Um, why isn't SmackDown doing the same? Nikki Bella was not announced as a free agency signing. Um, I believe Rhino was, so I, let me retract that for a second. However, um, Shelton Benjamin wasn't seen as a free agency signing. And uh, what's his name now? Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins is not noted as a free agency signing. I like what Mick Foley's doing because he's treating it as a brand, as a sport, as a division, and he's making it interesting and saying, like, you know, these are free agents that I'm bringing in, and for why and whatever reason. Um, I'm just wondering, is SmackDown going to be able to counteract it to make their brand look just as interesting as with that, you know? So be good to see. Well, it seems like SmackDown is, like, bringing in a lot of people who've been gone from WWE for a while, where, whereas on Raw, like... They're true free free agents in the sense that like they've been in WWE, but they're kind of like not you know married to any specific brand. And so I, I wonder if it's just a matter of people coming from outside WWE versus people who are like in an NXT or something. So that that, that was my other thing too. I mean, Raw is treating NXT as a developmental or um like a you know AAA in baseball or something you can draft and, and sign from where Raw isn't taking a look at I mean right now I mean I'm sorry I'm not I'm not giving Rhino the benefit of the doubt Dave's in NXT he's not even a halftime worker to me like he's with all the things he's got going on in life we're not even going to see him much longer you know but I'm just like well, if if Raw's doing that talk about you know the talent where they get him from NXT I feel like Smackdown should be counteracting with the same thing I, and, and another thing too, in, in the eyes of being a genius, of being a general manager or um, or whatever Daniel Bryan and Rowley is, is again, I forget what they call him. Um, general manager? No, I thought Shannon was the general manager. He's the commissioner. Oh, commissioner. My bad. My bad. My bad. You're right. Um, who's that? Somebody better draft the revival. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's the best thing that's happening right now. I, I know, and I just would be cool to see them be drafted with the titles or be drafted and they have to forfeit the titles because I don't even want to see them lose how good they're doing right now. But um my last my last point about Raw and then I finish up with SmackDown which will be a quick, quick, quick topic. Is uh is this really the end of the Delhi Boys? Is 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 that it? I, 
And and are y'all are you guys actually satisfied with this year run that they had? Only only continuing to that to only be the nine time WWE Tag Team Champions and not actually reaching that tenth title. I think they did what they needed to do. They came in as a name to solidify certain people like the um like Enzone Vicaz. They kind of rubbed over the new day while keeping credibility to who they are. And they played the heel role a little bit. They played the face role a little bit. So, I mean, they, they went both ways. It's just the fact of, I guess, I wish they didn't have a storybook ending like they did on Monday Night Raw. I would love, if this is the last thing they did, I would love to see them go through the tables. What was the point of bringing uh, Gallows and Anderson in that type of way? It, it, it's, it's no point. Unless that it's just no leads... Don't, don't disrespect their legacy like that. Unless that leaves the door open for them to have a match down the line. But I am very disappointed that they didn't get the run that I felt like they need. They, they, they were putting talent over so much that they was pretty much jobbers this whole year. I feel like I've only remembered them winning Basically. one big match, so not happy about that. I have a lot of respect for them, not because they came out of the Attitude Era, but because they were the best tag team of their time and absolutely will go down as the best tag team in history. So, Anybody else on the Deli Boys? I mean, I wish they would have gotten a, a one more run with the tag titles, too. Um, but, I mean, I'm not entirely disappointed. I mean, Bubba Dudley has himself come out and said that, you know, their goal was to come back and help put over other, the younger tag teams. Right. And as, as, as you all said, I think they did that pretty well. And I, I wish their last night on Raw would have been something a little bit different. But at the same time, I can see why they did it to get more heat on Gallows and Anderson. Um, so, I mean, logically, I think it worked. I just wish... You know, the fan in me wishes it was just something different. Yep. All right. I'm going to finish off SmackDown. Then we're going to go over our last topic, which is the Bret Hart thing. And now that'll be it for for tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. But um, SmackDown, new tag team titles debuted in a women's championship. Uh, yay or nay? <laughs> That's all I got to say. Yay or nay on the looks or, or, and what it represents and the intrigue on them having their own titles? Um, go ahead, you go ahead. You probably have the same point I have. Um, you know, I don't have a... And this is surprising that I'm saying that because I was kind of adamantly against WWE adding any more belts um, because they, they don't do a good enough job making the belts they already have important. But um, I am, I'm happy to see a women's belt on SmackDown because I, I still firmly believe that SmackDown got the better part of this deal with the draft and the women. Mm -hmm. And um, if, you know, we keep calling Raw the, or not we, but a lot of people keep calling Raw the A show. And it, I mean, it is the flagship. And if you want to make SmackDown seem like a legitimate show, then I think this is a good move. Um, tag team titles. I mean, the tag team scene is, is okay over there. Like, I thought um, Fandango and Tyler Breeze and uh, American Alpha had a great match last night. I, I agree. Uh, oh, I agree. And um, I, I just feel like I feel like you need a lot more tag teams than, than, what, four or five to have any sort of legitimate division. So hopefully that grows soon. I, I agree with that 100%. I have nothing to add to that. Like I said, <laughs> you was going to say everything I had to say. I agree with it totally. <laughs> All right, Bryce. 
jump in there. Let's let's bring up this Bret Hart thing because you know what's so funny. Soon as soon as it happened, I saw people at and Bret Hart saying, "All right, Bret Hart, what do you have to say now?" So go ahead. All right. So before we get in that, Bret is straight now. <sighs> Sorry to tell you this, but I still think that the Divas Division on SmackDown is a waste of time. It's not going to change. All you're going to do is say, oh, here, Nikki Bella, here's the belt. <laughs> 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 not Becky, for real? Wow. No. Sorry. <laughs> and, and when is Eva's suspension up again? And again, even when Eva comes back, guess who's going to have the belt? Nikki Bella. No, they're and gonna put it on a heel. Nikki's not a heel. We don't know what Nikki is right now. She really. She got attacked by Carmella last night. Carmella turned heel. She did turn heel. That's a heel move. Talking smack was 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 crazy good, by the way. I I like it. But go ahead, go ahead. Everyone knows Nikki Bella's about to get this belt. Lord knows she might keep it for the next five years. Oh Lord. <laughs> because I just don't see anyone take. I mean. They might give even Maria around with the belt. They might give Becky around with the belt. Who knows? Right now, see Nikki Bella's belt. They're just having <laughs> right there, nice and shiny and polished for her. Is is this is this the legacy of John Cena? No, I wouldn't say so because I personally think Natalya can get away with the belt. I think this is oh. like a perfect opportunity for Natalya to get oh. a title belt, uh, be a heel, and then maybe you can fight a few people and have somebody chase her. And maybe this would be her one-time run before she calls up her boots. Because I, I don't know how much more Natalya can do in a ring without, you know, getting at least one major title run on a company. So I think Natalya will actually be that first person. I seriously don't, because you got to think about it. I'm going to give you a reason why. One, because Nikki Bella's the, the biggest name. Two, because it's a new belt and Nikki Bella's the biggest name. <laughs> oh, she just came back and Nikki Bella's the biggest name. <laughs> Man. So why not put it on there? Sorry. I mean, as much as the hope we want to have for other wrestlers, let's be realistic here. Who's <laughs> back? It's her belt. You know, I said we were going to talk about the Bret Hart thing. We pretty much covered all the Bret Hart comments about how he feel like uh, Seth Rollins needs to improve his room technique before somebody gets killed. So for, for those of us that have uh, listened or read um, his remarks... I just passed around before I wrap up. Do y'all agree with Bret Hart in his comments? Or, or what do you have to add to it or your input? Um, I will just quickly say, because I got to take off here, that I think Bret Hart's a hater. Um, it, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think, has he ever had anything nice to say about Seth Rollins? <laughs> Not, that's my point. But, uh, I'm done. But at least the public comments he's made has all been negative. And again... I mean, I, I refuse to point fingers at Seth Rollins because everybody has just as much chance of getting injured as anyone else when they get in that ring. And, uh, I mean, yes, again, to Dwayne's point about perception, but at the same time, I think I think um, Brett's, just, Brett's just hating, and um, Seth doesn't deserve that. So that's my two cents. Salas? Agreed. Um <laughs> I love, I love Brett. You're great, but you know sometimes you don't need to have a comment on everything. <laughs> D-Wayne, wrap it up. Listen to right now. You don't need to have a comment on anything. You need to have a comment on everything. <laughs> oh, I love the recklessness. As a matter of fact, if you think Seth Rollins is going to hurt someone else on the next episode of Raw, 
Just say it right now. Because guess what? Nine times out of ten, I guarantee within the next year, we're going to be talking about how Seth Rollins hurt somebody again with that same move. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, so as we wrap up tonight, um, like again, like I said, um, be sure to check us out every Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Times as we give you our hour-long episodes where we cover um, either our reviews or previews for the pay-per-view of that correspondent weekend and all news and wrestling topics of the week. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at BGB Group. Um, like us on Facebook on the big, the big Go Belt podcast. Um, Tumblr as well, the Big Go Belt podcast. And our YouTube page at the Big Go Belt podcast. And um, closing remarks is if you guys haven't had a chance to watch Talking Smack, The Miz is great. And he cut this promo against Daniel Bryan about calling him a coward. Had, had As Daniel Bryan called him a coward originally, but the Miz fired back by saying, oh, I'll, talk, I'll tell you about a coward. How he alluded to Daniel Bryan promised the fans that he would be back in the year. He promised he would be back. He loved all his fans, blah, blah, blah. And then did not return, which, which ended up leaving Daniel Bryan to walk off the set. So it, it was really heated. And if you haven't get a chance, definitely get a, definitely take a time to watch that. But um if we don't put out anything this weekend, as our weekend episodes now will be kind of spot on. If um you know if there's something groundbreaking and we need to get in there to, to give y'all something really quick, you'll have it. But if not, we'll catch y'all each and every Wednesday. Y'all take oh, care. There's gonna, there's gonna be a scene of Master Files this weekend, so uh. You heard it. You heard it. I will catch y'all next week.